This is Magic Drive Time, your daily dose of Orlando Magic basketball. Drops it off to Vooch, he'll dunk it down. Daddy Vooch! Magic Drive Time is presented by International Diamond Center, your local diamond experts since 1981. Throws up ahead to Isaac, and look at the tomahawk from the Seminole. See Fasciola smiling somewhere. Now here's your host, Jake Chapman. And welcome into Magic Drive Time. Jake Chapman with you here in our Magic Studios. Monday, March 2nd, the final full month of the regular season gets started tonight. Can't believe I'm saying that. The Magic just 22 games remaining. Take the L on Saturday night in San Antonio. So close to a perfect 4-0 week. And Evan Fournier layup at the horn goes begging. Uh, Evan will be the first one to tell you it's a layup. I got to make it. But that's a tough shot in that moment uh, Magic did a great job of forcing the ball out of Bryn Forbes' hands. They trapped uh, the ball out of his hands and had a look at a game-winning lay-in, but it just fell off, so the Magic head in to tonight's game against the Portland Trailblazers. A half game still up on the Brooklyn Nets for that seventh seed in the Eastern Conference, and it's going to be a tough week as well. Portland scuffling right now. Damian Lillard still out. Yusuf Nurkic obviously still out, and people thought Nurk might be back at some point past the All-Star break. Uh, I'm going to talk to Casey Holdall here in just a minute from uh, NBA.com, covers the Blazers. Get an update on the injuries uh, as far as they go. But uh, Dame, there was talk he might return for the last game of this road trip for Portland, which is tonight. Uh, they decided to hold off. Willard will probably be back pretty soon. But right now the Portland Trailblazers, three and a half games back of that final playoff spot in the Western Conference. So time is running out on them, and they're jumbled up as far as the Western Conference goes. You got Memphis in the eighth seed there in the Western Conference. New Orleans, Sacramento, and San Antonio all even. They're all three games back uh, behind Memphis, and then another half game behind them, the Trailblazers. And so uh, a tough time right now for Portland, and they got to get healthy sooner than later. You don't want to rush either of those guys back. And and as we know, Lillard's going to come back when he feels 100%, right? You don't want to come back with a groin injury, any soft tissue injury, and and run the risk of re-injuring it. So he wants to make sure he he can slide right back in there and be – uh, be Dame, and so they're going to make sure uh, that he's feeling good before he comes back, but this is a very winnable game tonight for the Magic against a Portland team that's dropped 6 of 7, obviously dealing with injuries, and when you go out on the road like the Magic have to after this game tonight, uh, pretty tough road trip. Three of the four against really good teams. you got to go down to Miami and see those guys on Wednesday night. We know how good they are in that building. We'll see Minnesota again on Friday night, and then next Sunday and next Tuesday at Houston, at Memphis, Houston is absolutely lights out right now. That's going to be a very difficult ball game. And Memphis has been playing great basketball as of late as well, uh, trying to hold on to that Western Conference 8 seed. So should be an interesting week, and we'll get things started tonight with the Portland Trailblazers. And for my Magic Weekly podcast, I talked to Casey Holdall. You can follow him on Twitter. It's at C-Hold, C-H-O-L-D. He's the beat reporter for the Blazers for Blazers.com, NBA.com. And uh, I do this every Monday, Magic Weekly Podcast. I try to talk to somebody from one of our upcoming opponents. Casey's one of the best as far as the Blazers go. So uh, here's a little insight on the Portland Trail Blazers. First question I asked him was about Damian Lillard and when he expects him back. My understanding is that he is close now, having not been in Portland for almost a week now. And, and I mean, I, I keep in pretty close contact with Damian, but, you know, I'm trying not to try not to pester him uh, on every single test message because I know he's got a lot of people curious about when he's coming back. But my expectation is that he will be back and, and playing by the Wizards game, which is the first game back after this road trip. Uh, but his thing, too, is he did, he's 
he's been really adamant that he doesn't want to have to like work himself back in. He wants to get back into the game and basically pick up right where he left off before that growing injury. So, you know, he's been going through multiple workouts per day. He says he's feeling good. Um, you assume once the team gets back uh, tonight or uh, at least by Wednesday that he'll get reevaluated. My expectation that he will play in that game, but it's certainly not yet been decided. Um, but, you know, with, with any kind of soft tissue injury, you know, you always have to really kind of play it safe. And particularly, uh, I think, you know, we're seeing right now that without Damian on this team, it's uh, it's pretty rough sledding for the Trailblazers. So, you know, if they're going to have any chance of, of maybe getting this thing moving back in the right direction and potentially – you know, getting back to the postseason for the seventh straight year, they're going to need Damian healthy. And, you know, part of that is making sure that that, that right growing is ready to grow because if it goes again another, another time, basically that's that's it for the season. And, you know, again, with the Blazers without Damian Lillard are uh, are much less much less of a dangerous opponent than they are with him on the court. What about Yusuf Nurkic? Uh, I think is, is hope eroding that he'll be back this season during the regular season, or is there still a sense that he's going to be able to make it back before uh, potentially the postseason? You know, I, I think it really depends on who you talk to and, and, and which day you catch that person right. on. You know, I think the, the expectation was that Yusuf was going to come back sometime soon after the All-Star break. He did have a bit of a setback with a, with a uh, calf strain that he suffered when he was doing his rehabilitation when he had got back onto the court. And, you know, when you have a, a serious injury, they're not so much concerned about the leg at this point. Obviously, uh, you know, typically leg breaks in terms of, of returning are not that big of a deal. There's not really all that much of a concern that it could break again. What the concern is is that he's going to be compensating for ha- having not used that leg right. for so long that other injuries are going to are going to come. And so when he had that, that calf strain, I, I think the idea was like, well, all right, this is kind of the, the first injury that he's getting from being kind of on the shelf for so long. So now we really need to pull it back and take it really slow. So, you know, uh, again, I'm, I'm the same way. Do I think that Yusuf is going to play at some point this season? Yes, I do. Would I be surprised if he didn't? Not not at all. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Blazers have a have a stretch of, I believe, it, I think they play seven of their next six at home. Uh, you know, there, there's been talk that until Yusuf really gets a chance to, to get out there and practice consistently with the team, which, uh, as you know, you know, during the NBA season, it's, it can be hard for the team to get together to actually have practices when you're having games, and particularly at this point in the season. So uh, the, the hope is that I, I think when the team gets back, that maybe another week, maybe two weeks, that he might be able to get back out there. But I, I also think that, you know, he's one one small tweak away from probably them just saying, you know what, it's not going to happen this year. We'll just pick back up in 2020-21. So uh, I'd say it's a real coin flip at this point whether or not Yusuf plays this year. With the run last year, we're talking to Casey Holdall. He covers the uh, the uh, Portland Trailblazers beat reporter. And with, with, the, with the surge last year, and the I, I guess you guys exceeded expectations last season. I would think so. I mean, everybody knew it was a good yeah, team. I'm not sure. So. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if people expected a West, Western Conference uh, finals run, but I, I, I think people um, were a little bit surprised in the postseason. And then obviously uh, very elevated expectations headed into this year. Is it as simple, Casey, as to say Yusuf Nurkic, uh, Zach Collins, and then, you know, injuries over the course of a season, like what we're doing with, with Dame right now. Is that the story of the season? Is that how you end up at 26 and 35 at this point, or have other things gone wrong? Yeah, you know, I, I would say 75% of it has been injuries. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned Yusuf. On one hand, you don't really even count Nurkic in some respects because you knew he was going to be out for right. at least 
the majority of the season, if not longer. That was not the expectation for Zach Collins. Uh, this was supposed to be a big year for Zach. He goes and dislocates his shoulder in the third game of the season and hasn't played since. And, you know, that, that was a really hard injury for the Blazers because, you know, they kind of cleared the deck of the other forwards on the team because the expectation was that Zach Collins was going to be the guy at power forward going forward. So, as you know, they didn't resign Al Farouk Aminu. They traded away Mo Harkless. They traded away Jake Lehman. Uh, they traded away Evan Turner. And basically, that was the entire forward rotation for the Portland Trailblazers for the last three or four seasons. So you have all that attrition, and then you have the guy who's supposed to come in and replace all those guys get injured in the third game of the season. And so, you know, part of that is injury. Part of it is just the construction of the roster. Um, maybe not what you had hoped it would be, and particularly not being able to, to make up for that kind of injury. Signing Pau Gasol and then him not being able to play this season, I think that was another issue as well. So, I mean, all those things are issue or injury-related, but you could also make an argument, too, that, like, hey, maybe they should have kept maybe one of those other forwards on the team in case something happened to Zach Collins. Maybe letting Seth Curry walk and expecting Anthony Simons, who, you know, they're very high on, but just really hadn't played a whole lot last season, expecting him to step in to the role that Seth Curry filled last year, maybe a, a bit too much of an ask for for a guy at this point in Anthony Simon's career. So, you know, again, while I think it's the vast majority of it has been injuries, why, particularly why they've been as bad as they've been, uh, I, I don't, you can't just pin it all on injuries. I mean, you know, they, they didn't lose to the Atlanta Hawks the other night because they didn't have enough talent to win that game. They didn't beat the Atlanta Hawks because the Blazers have, you know, one of the worst-ranked defenses in the NBA this year. And, again, that also somewhat goes back to injuries, but – you know, end of the day, every team has injuries, and you have to learn how to get through a season. And some teams have more injuries than others, and it makes it more difficult. But, you know, the what you're judged upon is the result on the court. And so far this season, the Blazers just haven't got a whole lot of results. Casey, if if that's the case, right, like, I, I, I think – I think it's interesting because it's there's sort of this transition period, right? Like Anthony Simons is a is a player, a young player that a lot of people are probably very excited about. I think we've seen flashes, or I think you guys probably have uh, from Nasir Little, and then you're going to get Collins back, and so you have this young talent in place that might not be ready just yet to support Damian Lillard uh, and CJ McCollum in a deep playoff run, but you have some some young talent that I'm sure people are excited about. If this is a lost season, if if you guys end up missing out in the postseason, Nurk doesn't necessarily come back, or he does come back and he's not necessarily effective uh, right away, which which is to be expected. Do you just play it back next year? I mean, so many people approaching the trade deadline are saying, "Oh, they got to trade CJ and they got to package all the kids for Kevin Love, or, or or do whatever, make some big drastic move." Do you get the sense that there's patience within the organization that look, we had some injuries we had to deal with this year, we've got a great core in place, we're not going to blow this thing up just because because it didn't go the way it did last year this season when we had to deal with a lot of these injuries. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the, and the Blazers are a team that it's kind of funny, actually. So when they got swept by the Pelicans two playoffs ago, everyone was like, okay, this team is not it. Blow this thing up. Damien and CJ can't coexist together. This roster is not going to make it. This It's not going to happen with, the, with this roster. They come back the next year, and as you mentioned, they make the Western Conference Finals. After making the Western Conference Finals, they let a whole lot of people go. Right. <laughs> no, because the idea was like, well, this is where this team is going in the long term. 
And while we did have success with those guys, we feel like we need to move on from that group. So it's kind of interesting that in, in the season where they had the most success, they actually had the most turnover because of the kind of the way some of those contracts were structured, chances to, to maybe bring in some talent uh, on larger expiring contracts. I think they were hopeful they'd be able to trade. It didn't really turn out that way. Uh, to get to kind of your, your main question, I do think they're going to run it back because I, the idea of a lineup of Yusuf Nurkic, Zach Collins, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, and it's looking at this point like it's probably going to be Trevor Reza going into next year playing at the three. I mean, I, I do think they want to see what that team can do with Anthony with another year under his belt, with Nasir having gotten some playing time, with Gary Trent actually coming on and playing better uh, than I think they expected him to at this point in his career. I do think they're going to run it back. And, you know, if they, if they do well, Going into next season, I think that they probably keep that team going forward. If they get off to a to a tough start, if it's something similar to this season with all those guys in the lineup, which you know we have seen from time to time in Portland, then at that point, I think maybe they they do some reevaluation at the at the trade deadline. At that point, maybe figure out if if there's a different direction to go. But my my expectation is they are going to run it back because Neil O'Shea is super high on Zach Collins. He's obviously super high on the pairing of Daniel Lillard and 2J. McCollum and you know Yusuf Nurkic is in the I think he's going into the second or third year of a very team-friendly contract so it's he's a guy too where I mean obviously he's got a lot of talent and it's it's at a at a number to where it's not really sinking the team it's basically he's outperforming his his contract you would assume if he gets anywhere close to where he was before that injury which you know is not a given but I I think that's the hope so yeah I I would expect that you're going to see a very similar team next year. The team that they were hoping you were going to be able to see at the end of the season this year will be the team you see at the beginning of the season next year. We tell me about the Damian CJ relationship. It's funny to me that people think that because they're both, you know, capable probably of being alpha offensive players, that they can't coexist. You look around the league and you look at personalities. Um, of guys, I mean, those two guys seem like they're about as easygoing and easy to get along with. And that's not to say that neither of them want to win and they're not, you know, killers out there on the floor. But, it, I mean, you come up a little short in the Western Conference Finals uh, and midway through the next season with injuries, people are going, uh, yeah, they're, they're too short. It's, it's too short a backcourt to coexist. People, wonder, people have been aching to break that backcourt up for years. And I'm going, if I'm Portland, I'm holding on to those two guys until one of them insists uh, their way out of there, and it doesn't seem like that's ever going to happen. It seems like they get along pretty well together. Oh, absolutely. I mean, from a from a personality and interpersonal perspective, like there there is no issue whatsoever with Damian and CJ. They're very close. They're they're both kind of from similar backgrounds in terms of kind of how they made the lead, both from small schools, both guys who really kind of had to carry the load in their, on their college teams. Uh, really, really knew each other. Their families knew each other. They're very close. Like the the personal part is like. That, that's that's not even an issue. I mean, and and a lot of that has to do with Damien as well. I mean, obviously he's he's the all star, so I think it's maybe a little bit easier. But Damien just doesn't he just doesn't concern himself much with the idea of who's getting credit for for what. You know, like that 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 part's off the table. Now, if you want to talk about kind of their skills, and and that's kind of what the argument would be. I, I think the the valid argument is that there there's some overlap between what each one of those guys does. And at the numbers that they're they're making, is that the best use of of that space? And I, I think when they're when you're as good as of players as Damian and CJ are, I, I think it is. And you're exactly right, though. It's you know it's one of those situations where I don't know if it's just because we're in Portland, so people don't pay maybe as close attention, or or if it's just that once kind of something gets gets talked about, it, it just always kind of 
goes back up. But basically, anytime the Blazers have any issue whatsoever, it doesn't have to have anything to do with Damien and CJ. The national conversation always goes back to, well, boy, this might, might need to break up that backcourt, up to and including right now when Damien is not playing. CJ's been playing pretty well, and then there are people who are saying, oh, well, see what CJ could do if he had his own team. I mean, <laughs> is, it, is it really smart to keep those two guys together? So even when CJ plays well, people still try to break it up. So, you know, Neil O'Shea is, I mean, he loves both those guys. They're not going to trade anywhere. So for someone who works with the team and knows that, in some respects, like I just kind of, I don't even really pay a whole lot of attention to it anymore. But you would think that after, you know, getting to the Western Conference Finals, in a series two versus the Denver Nuggets, where CJ played an incredibly important role, Damian actually struggled quite a bit in that series, if people recall. I mean, a lot of it being the the attention that he draws. But CJ was the one that made the difference in that series. You know, he had that block, you know, late in game seven that basically gave the Blazers a chance to win that one. So, you know, I, I think the organization is very comfortable with having both those guys as a starting backcourt until, as you mentioned, until basically the wheels fall off. And as far as everyone else, you know, they, I mean, we've heard all of it before, so I don't think anyone really takes offense to it anymore. It's just one of those things where it's like, yep, you know, we, you're going to hear that Damien and CJ can't play together and so on and so forth. And, you know, you either you either get bothered by it on a day-in and day-out basis or you just kind of put it behind you and uh, and look at the quality on the court. So, yeah, I'd, those two guys are going to be playing together in Portland for, for some time, if I'm not, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And a big thanks to Casey Holdall for stopping by, and you can keep up with him and everything Blazers, uh, if so inclined. He is on Twitter, at Hold. And again, make sure you check out all of our podcast content, Magic Weekly on Mondays, Orlando Magic Pod Squad on Tuesdays. They had Aaron Gordon on last week. It was phenomenal. Uh, we've got the Magic Life with DJ Augustine. That comes out on Fridays. He had Kevin Durant on last week. We had a good week last week for podcasts and all of our daily podcast content available anywhere you get your podcast. Hey, Magic fans, see it live above all. Nothing beats being there. Get your 2020-21 Orlando Magic season plan today. Witness all Magic moments live and in person at Amway Center. Plus, guarantee your access to playoff tickets by now at orlandomagic.com slash plans. We'll duck a break in here when we come back. More Magic Drive time as we get set for the Blazers and the Magic tonight. 7 o'clock tip, 6.30 for the pregame right here, 96.9 the game. More when we return. Our magic never compromise on the court. And magic fans don't have to compromise when it comes to diamonds, engagement rings, and fine jewelry. You always get more at International Diamond Center. IDC is Florida's leading jeweler, recognized statewide for excellence in every category, selection, value, and trust. And that's why we've been named exclusive jeweler of the Orlando Magic again this year. So come visit one of our eight showrooms across the state or 24-7 at shopidc.com forward slash go magic. International Diamond Center, where magic fans shop for jewelry. Gordon, he'll line up a three, lets it go. 280, right down the middle of the fairway. Magic fans, see it live above all. 2020-21 Orlando Magic season tickets are on sale now. Be there for the heart-stopping buzzer beaters, non-stop entertainment, and the biggest matchups of the season. Plus, guarantee your access to playoffs. Purchase your season tickets today and witness all the magic moments, live and in person, at Amway Center. Buy now at orlandomagic.com slash plans. 
Magic fans, are you in need of a new roof? Roof damage is not always visible from the ground. In order to make sure your roof is sealed and secure during rain and hurricane seasons, call Carol Bradford Roofing today for a free roof inspection. As the official builder of the Magic, Carol Bradford Roofing is a licensed and insured family-owned company who's been trusted for years to provide quality work and products to protect the most prized possessions under a roof, your family. To speak with a professional today, call 833-237-ROOF or visit cbroofing.com and mention the Magic to receive $500 off your new roof. Exciting news, Magic fans and pasta lovers. Olive Garden and the Orlando Magic have teamed up for a delicious giveaway. When the Magic make three or more dunks during a home game, everyone in attendance receives an offer for buy one entree, get one free. Just open your Magic app after the game to receive the voucher. So grab your tickets for the opportunity to score this mouthwatering deal. At Mountain Dew, we say here's to the doers. The people who know you got to do what you got to do. Who do it big. Then do it bigger. Who don't just watch. So if there's something you want to do, here's a little advice. Grab yourself an ice-cold Mountain Dew. And get to it. That's right. Get going. Get started. Stand up. Jump up. Grab hold of it. Work it out. Grind it out. Get stoked. Get passionate. And do it. Don't ask how you should do it. Don't ask if it can be done. Because there are those who don't. And those who do. Let's do. Let's do. Let's do. Let's do the do. I'm Robert Palmer, president of RP Funding. With home values at an all-time high, smart homeowners are using RP Funding to access their home equity now more than ever. Home equity could be the best way to finance home improvements, consolidate debt, make investments, or even large purchases. But don't use your home equity to pay closing costs. Let me pay them instead. Visit rpfunding.com or call 855-773-8634, 855-773-8634. Terms and conditions apply. See website in MLS 70168, equal housing. Simply IOA is home and auto insurance you buy online in three minutes or less. And we're proud to be the official insurance broker of the Orlando Magic. Simply IOA lets you compare policies from the nation's most trusted insurance companies, receive quotes, and buy coverage all in less than three minutes. So you'll have more time to cheer on the Orlando Magic. Visit simplyioa.com magic. Simply IOA is powered by Insurance Office of America. This is Jonathan Isaac from the Orlando Magic, celebrating big wins and the work that gets you there. For those who use disappointments, turning them into opportunities to learn, to grow, and to thrive. For those who rise every day with the sole purpose of improving on who they were yesterday. The experts at Evan Health support you. For proving we all have the power to rise to any challenge. Advent Health, feel whole. This is Tance Ross of the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to Magic Drive Time on Orlando Sports Leader 96.9 The Game. Thank you very much, T. Ross. Jake Chapman here with you in our Magic studios. Big thanks to Casey Holdall for stopping by on Magic Weekly, giving us a little insight on the Portland Trailblazers as they wrap up their East Coast Road Swing. They'll be back out in Portland uh, for the remainder of the week. And this is a big game tonight for both teams, actually. Uh, Portland on the outside looking in in the Western Conference. Magic, got to stack this W before you head out on the road for four. Like I said, a tough road trip. You're going to see Miami on Wednesday, Minnesota Friday, Houston and Memphis next Sunday and next Tuesday. But uh, Magic should be feeling very good about themselves right now. Yes, you come up short on Saturday night 
against the Spurs, but a lot of things trending in the right direction. Aaron Gordon's been playing outstanding. Uh, basically, the entire month of February, Aaron Gordon was about as good as any forward in the league, or at least he was about an all-star uh, caliber player. And then coming out of the all-star break, one of the things I've loved to see is both Terrence Ross and Evan Fournier have been devastatingly effective offensively, um, and that's big. And you've been getting great contributions from the bench bunch these last couple nights. Um, I think the addition of James Ennis has sort of settled everybody into their role. So you put Ennis in that starting lineup. You know that the four guys coming off the bench are going to be MCW, Terrence Ross, DJ Augustine, and Mo Bamba, and you're seeing a lot of positives from that bench group. Fournier said, Evan Fournier said on Saturday night, uh, look, the starters are the ones who have to pick up the slack right now. The bench has been playing really well over the last couple games, so I think that is certainly a positive development, and you do, you basically play the way you played all of last week, and you should be able to get a W tonight here against the Portland Trailblazers. You're obviously going to want to key in on C.J. McCollum and go from there, but this is a wounded duck of a Trailblazers team. We'll see if the Magic can get things done tonight uh, against the Blazers before they head out on that tough road trip. My name is Jake Chapman. Make sure you follow me on Twitter. It's at JakeChapmanOM. Big thanks to Casey Holdall for stopping by. Big thanks to all of you as well. We're back tomorrow with another edition of Magic Drive Time right here, 96.9 The Game. When it comes to the best diamonds at the best prices in Florida, Magic fans choose International Diamond Center. It's why IDC has earned the title Exclusive Jeweler of the Orlando Magic year after year. IDC dominates the competition every day with a massive inventory of hand-selected diamonds, literally thousands of designer rings, an unparalleled selection of fashion jewelry, the guaranteed best values in America, and the strongest warranties in the jewelry industry. Learn more at shopidc.com slash gomagic, where Magic fans shop for jewelry. Be at Amway Center and witness magic above all when the Orlando Magic face the New Orleans Pelicans on Sunday, March 29th. See the team as they battle Zion Williamson, Lonzo Ball, and the rest of the Pelicans during the only time they come to town. Dr. Aaron Gordon, he'll lift, he'll fire 4-3. That's up and in. He got another one. Buy your tickets now at OrlandoMagic.com to see the Mag play the Pelicans Sunday, March 29th at 6 p.m. You won't want to miss this big game.